0: Almighty God, you've promised that your word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish what you desire, and it will succeed in the matter for which you have sent it. May your word have its way, we pray, in every heart this day, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, the sermon text is on the back of your worship bulletin, along with the outline And the point number one in the outline, uh, I make reference to Jesus' audacious, uh, that means bold or daring, truth claim. And it's contained in verse 37, and actually there's two rather audacious truth claims in the verse. So let's take a look at verse 37. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king, Jesus answered. You say that I'm a king. In other words, that's the charge uh, upon which I'm brought before you now. That's the charge being made against me, that I'm a rebel, that I'm establishing an alternative rule to Caesar and to you, Pontius Pilate, but that's not the truth, but that's what you say. And then he goes on. He kind of switches the subject. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Now notice, he's saying two things about his entrance. Into the world. He was born, and then he's also come into the world. He's truly human, but there's something here deified about him. He comes into the world from another place, and that would be heaven. He has a heavenly origin, even though he's born among us. And then here's the truth claim that I make reference to in point number one. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Everyone. This is a universal claim. It's an absolute claim. And that's what's so audacious about it. Not only then, in that day, which was alive with religious pluralism in the Roman Empire, they worshipped all the gods. You just had to pay your respects to Caesar as well, which the Christians would not do. That's what got them in trouble. That's what Jesus would not do. He would respect Caesar as ordained of God to rule in God's stead. But he would not worship him, nor would his followers. So everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. I cite St. Bernard there, Bernard of Clairvaux. No one's ever made such a claim. No major religious figure has ever said anything like this. It's rather bold. And point B, Christ's truth claim is what I would call an invitation to Pilate. One of the commentators I read um, said that it's, it's a test for Pilate. What are you going to say? How do you respond to this claim? Everyone who listens to the truth listens to me. Well, Pilate may fail the test according to the text. But in my view, it's not so much a test as it is an invitation. I think it's an invitation to believe in the truth believe in Christ, and I I cite verse 34, Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? In other words, in answer to the question, are you the king of the Jews, Jesus really wants to know, uh, is this your own question, are you really interested in finding out the truth, or is it just a question you ask because it's your job? So I think his question or his statement, I think Christ's statement, is really an invitation to Pilate to believe. It reminds me of uh, the Last Supper where the disciples are, are all seated and they want to know who's going to betray you. And Jesus takes the bread, he dips it in the stew and hands it to Judas. And that is not only an indicator that this is the one who will betray me, but it's also an offer of friendship. It's sort of a last-ditch attempt to say, turn around from the way you're headed. I think this is the same kind of invitation. Roman numeral 2, Pilate's truth question. That's in verse 38. What is truth? And is that a sincere question? Does Pilate really want to know? I suppose we would like to Have been there, we could see the body language, that says a lot. The eyes don't lie, tone of voice communicates something. But we don't have that evidence. And it's interesting, the early church commentators said, Yeah, this is a sincere question. Uh, They gave Pilate the benefit of the doubt. We think he really wants to know. He's curious, he's seeking. In a more skeptical age, such as ours, the commentators today, the modern commentators, say, no, no, it's, it's not sincere. It's a mockery. You know, he's very postmodern in that regard. Uh, we'll talk more about that in just a moment. Point B. It is humanity's question. What is truth? The great uh, physicist, the great late physicist Stephen Hawking said, Today, all of us still yearn to know where we came from and why we're here. Humanity is occupied, and always has been, with what we call the first order questions of life. The big questions. Where do we come from? Why are we here? Where are we headed? Everything else is really secondary to those primary questions. Point number one, the ancient Greeks had a word for truth, aletheia, and it meant that which reflects reality, that which comports with real life. That's truth. What our senses discern and inform us of, that's what we know. We measure everything against that. It's very different today. What we call the postmodern view of truth, simply this absolute truth does not exist. By absolute truth, we mean something that's true for all people in all places at all times. It's universal. If you ask people today about truth, you're likely to get a response like this well, there is no truth. And so to test the veracity or the truthfulness of that, simply apply the claim to itself. When someone says there is no truth, ask them, well, is that true? You see, when they say there's no truth, they're making it an absolute truth claim. It undermines their belief. Or you'll hear people say this, well, all truth is relative. So apply the claim to itself and ask them this question, um, is that a relative truth? You see, they're making an absolute statement. You can't live life apart from absolute truth. In fact, I would go so far as to say there is no relative truth at all, all truth. If it's truth at all, all truth is absolute. It's true for everybody. We're all in the same boat. Or you'll hear this, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. And so apply the claim to itself and ask this question, well, is that true for everybody? Or you'll hear this, you ought not judge. And so you ask, well, isn't that a judgment? You see, all of these postmodern claims are self-defeating meaning they cannot meet their own standard. Nobody lives this way. The world does not operate in a postmodern way. If you have a package of rat poison in your basement or in your uh, work shed, there's a warning label on it. It says, Danger if Swallowed. And someone might say, well, that's true for most people, but I don't think it's true for me. Well, if you ingest the rat poison, and I hope you never do, but if you do, you'll suffer the consequences. I don't care who you are. You see, belief must accommodate itself to truth. Truth does not accommodate itself to belief. The world does not operate in a postmodern way. The world operates on this basis. Some things are true, and some things are not true. That's how the world works. Always has. Roman numeral 3, Christ's answer to Pilate in answer to the claim, What is truth? Point A, he answers not in word, but in deed. Not in word, but in deed. Now let's read verses 38 through 40. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. He's trying to get Jesus off of this trumped up charge. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. He's a robber. That meant he was rebellious against the laws of the empire and the law of God as well. You shall not steal. He truly is a rebel. Now, understand this: Jesus is charged with being a rebel, trying to set up some counter kingdom to Rome. Jesus is charged with being a rebel, but he's innocent of the charge. And the text, all four gospels, make that. Very clear. Meanwhile, the one who's truly guilty of rebellion is released from prison. He's released from prison, and that man, Barabbas, represents all of us, you and me. We were in rebellion against God, and we were in the prison of God's righteous condemnation, but Christ came. And he released us from that condemnation, taking our place under that condemnation. He's innocent of all wrongdoing, but he's charged with our rebellion. And God declares Jesus guilty in our place, just as Pilate declares Jesus guilty in place of Barabbas. And we, like Barabbas, walk. We walk. That is the truth about God. God's righteous justice and his mercy intersect at the cross. That's the truth. And so point B, truth is more than a concept. It is a person. When we behold Christ on the cross, the truth about God is staring us in the face. His kingdom, his reign is unlike any other. This is why he said in the gospel reading for today, If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight to prevent my being handed over to the Jews. He doesn't take up arms. His kingdom is not of this world. It's not like any other kingdom. He doesn't take up arms to defend himself. He rather suffers and dies for those from whom he needs defense but won't accept it. Secondly, This king reigns from a cross. He reigns from the cross. It's his throne. He reigns from an instrument of torture and death, forgiving those who put him there. And if Jesus can forgive those who put him on the cross, and he does, he can forgive you, and he already has. You are forgiven because of what he did. Without your permission, without your asking, without your invitation, he did it for you. That's how sure and certain it is. You are supremely loved. You are sacrificially loved, and the cross proves it. That's who God is. That is the truth about God, and it stares us in the face whenever we contemplate the cross of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name and to his glory, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus, amen.